better already. I just might as well grab a couple of these already. Um, not long ago, we had a, a little family birthday party. And uh, it, it was held at one of these golf places, you know, and they've got, uh, you, they've got the place where they give you this big bucket of balls. It's rather expensive, but anyway, they get, and, and they have computers, and they've got TV screens, and they will tell you how far you hit the ball and all the, you know, all the stuff. And so Tony, my middle son, um, was there, and he hit, he hit a ball. And, and I want you to know it's, it's unbelievable the way this guy can hit a golf ball. And so I started looking at the, at the computer screen, and, and it shows the shot, and, it, and then it gives you the distance, and I'm watching him, and, and he swing, his swing is just effortless. And then the ball disappears. It, it, you know, and so I looked at the computer screen at six shots, okay? His, long was, his longest shot was 309 yards. His shortest shot was 298 and then the other four were between um, 300 and 305. And, I'm, and then the distance across for all six shots was about 20 yards. And I'm thinking, my gosh, he's hitting the sweet spot every time. Because you can't hit a golf ball that consistently without hitting the sweet spot, and the sweet spot is the very center of the club. And if you hit the ball in the very center, and then everything else is in balance and everything, then you get a great golf shot. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm watching him, and I'm just amazed. Uh, because not only did he hit the ball with distance, but he, he hit it, with accuracy and I realized right then it's the sweet spot it's where he's at the center of that club he is hitting that ball every time in the sweet spot now most of us like me I hit it high and low and dribble it and left and right and all that stuff but if you're going to hit a good golf shot you're going to have to place that club. You're going to have to hit the ball in the sweet spot. So I get to thinking about that. And I realize, you know, there's a sweet spot that the Father has for our lives. For us to be consistent and to be successful. And that sweet spot is a balance. It's a balance of two things. Number one, it's our intimacy and our times with the Father. And then the other is the completion of our kingdom missions and assignments. And each one of us, each one of us has a kingdom assignment. Each one of us has kingdom purpose. And the balance of those two things 
will produce amazing things as we pursue the sweet spot that the Father has for us. A fruitful life is a life filled with an intimate relationship with our Father, intimate times with our Father, and then fulfilling the challenges of our kingdom assignments. And boy, they're challenging, aren't they? They're just amazingly challenging. You know, I look, and when I think about this, that God will empower us for everything that we need. He will give us every gift that we need. He will provide everything that we need to be successful in this endeavor. But if we're going to complete our kingdom assignments, it really only requires one thing. And that is a decision on our part to say yes. To say yes. You know, I, I look at our, uh, you knew I would bring this up, but I look at our nation and our history as a nation. And you know, and, and I believe that now is the time to pray and intercede for our nation like never before. And that God is calling us to stand for Him. To love like Him. But we need to be about the business of building his kingdom. And every one of us has that responsibility. But I want to say this. Every one of us has the potential for the joy of living in the sweet spot. His calling, his mission, his assignments are to partner with us. You know, I, I didn't realize until my journey, even with DSSM, that the Father desires to partner. He, he, you know, He wants to partner with us. And you know, each one of us are very specific and unique. And so therefore, He has a very specific and unique mission and purpose for our lives. We find the sweet spot of life in the seeking and the finding of our Father, who then empowers us to be kingdom-minded in fulfilling our assignments and missions. Ah, but we're in a battle. Do you ever feel, do you ever feel like we're, I mean, we're in a battle. You know, this, and, and we have to fight it properly. You know, and the enemy is out there primarily lying and deceiving. He's out to destroy our families, our communities, the, our culture, the very fabric of our nation he's out to destroy. Now we know we win the war. We know that. We're going to win. But you know in day-to-day, -day, in our day-to-day -day lives, we sometimes, you know, it feels like we're tired and we can be discouraged. But don't give up. One of the main ways the enemy attacks us, he always wants us to compare ourselves to others. But Father's callings and mission for us is unique and special, and it's only for us. Now, if he made you unique, and I'm going to ask Richard, I need a little help. Richard, where's Richard? Is he here? Yeah, come on up, Richard. Come on up here. Come on up here. I'm going to need some help in a moment. 
But see, God made you unique and special. And if you're different and you're unique and you're special than, than everyone else, then your callings and your assignments are special. And they're unique to you. Yeah, come on up over here, Richard. Thank you. Now, you know, Richard and I are not alike. You know, one of us is much more handsome than the other. <laughs> but I don't have the same giftings that this man has. And I respect and love him greatly. But our callings are different. Our assignments are different. They're unique and they're special. And we have to find what they are. And we find what our assignments are in the kingdom of God by drawing close to our Father and to establish our sonship and daughtership yes. with Him. Yes. That's where we find our mission. This man has very specific assignments and missions, and he knows what they are. It is so refreshing to be around him because you don't have to be around him very long to know that he knows. He knows in his heart and in his mind and in his spirit his assignments, his mission that God has given him. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Hallelujah. Yes. So why do we compare? I mean, it does me no good to compare myself to Richard. So why should we compare ourselves to others? Why should we desire the giftings that someone else has or the finance that someone else has? And that's what we do when we compare. Some, we compare our influence with others. We compare our finances with others. We compare the giftings or the ministries of others. And that's jealousy and envy. And it will eat and destroy our souls. The enemy, if the enemy can corrupt our thinking to where it becomes acceptable for us to compare ourselves to others, then he's winning. We will not complete our kingdom assignments, our kingdom missions, because if we are comparing ourselves to others, because what we're really doing by comparing others, now's not the time to do a software update, no. No, now, no, no, now's not the time for that. Goodness. Okay, so, so if, if we're comparing ourselves with others, what we're really doing is we're focusing on what we don't have. Okay, that's what you do. When you compare yourself to someone else, you are focusing on what you do not have. And that does not turn out well. The temptation to compare can cause us to focus on the giftings and accomplishments of others rather on Him and His partnering assignments for us. 
Because that's what we need to be focused upon. My, my calling is unique to me. And your callings and your giftings are unique to you. And your kingdom assignments are unique to you. The purpose of your life is unique to you. But it's up to each one of us to find out what those are. Rick Warren said it this way. He said, anytime you feel jealous or envious, and by the way, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, that's what you're doing. That's envy and jealousy. He says, Rick Warren, anytime you feel jealous or envious, you reject your uniqueness. And it's a criticism of God's plan for you. I wish I'd said that, but I didn't. See, when we compare, we're really criticizing God. Why didn't you, you know, I want to, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And, the, and let me say this, social media does not help this situation. It does not. So the enemy is a thief, a liar, and a deceiver. That's what Jesus said, that he's the, a liar and the father of lies. So for me, when I, when I see this situation that we're in in our nation, I'm really encouraged and excited. But I also am also concerned because here's what's happening. Biblical truth is being portrayed as being evil. What is being communicated is that if you really believe in the, in the Bible and you're going to apply the truth of the Word of God in your heart and life, then that is being considered as being evil. You know, and so, and I see this. And I see the persecutions of people. And I see the persecutions of my God. And for me, I fall back on some things. The first thing I fall back to is that he loves me as a son. He loves me as a son. He sees me as a son because am I equal to Jesus? Oh my goodness, no. It's because of Jesus that I can have a father-son relationship with my father. And then I also fall back to the spoken and written word. As an anchor for me. And then finally, my biblical worldview that I'm going to share with you. Now, a biblical worldview is very interesting. It's only achieved when a person believes that the Bible is true, that it's authoritative, that it is taught that the, that the principles of the Bible are applicable to every situation that I encounter in my life, and that it, it will guide us in the ebbs and tides of cultural and political pressure. And... As we are taught and we learn about what the Bible says, that it enables us to live out our beliefs. 
A biblical worldview establishes that the Bible is divine and the source of true truth. Now, in 2017, only 10% of Americans have a biblical worldview. In 2017, 10%. In 2021, it's down to 6%. This is from the Family Research Council. So my biblical worldview, and I don't, I don't perform 100% on what I'm going to share with you with everything. Some of it is beliefs. Some of it is what I fall back to on in my life. But I, I depend upon the Word of God, both spoken and written, the Holy Spirit and His love for me as a son. And as things get worse, I get more excited because I know something's going to happen. These guide, hopefully these guide my daily thinking my time with my Father, the decisions that I make, and the activities I choose. This is what I believe. I believe that God is good. I believe that He loves me as a son. I believe that the Bible is the literal and authoritative Word of God. That Father's kingdom is advancing, and that I have a part in it, just like you do. I am called to love and release Father's love to others everywhere I go and in a variety of ways, including the release of His healing power. I am called to DSSM and to see our students experience the Father's heart and love for them in a new and profound changing way and to see them pursue their partnership with Father in living out their dreams and to pursue the supernatural. I'm called to love and support Dayspring. I'm called to love, prepare, and provide for my wife and my family and to be a blessing to others and especially those in the family of God through our family business. I believe the United States of America was founded upon Christian principles and in and is and always has been called to be a light to the world and now today remains the only physical deterrent to evil sweeping the earth. I believe in the end time revival and awakening. awakening. I believe the USA will experience both spiritual and cultural revival. I'm excited about that. Some will say, and I believe this, that in many ways this revival has already started. The question is, when will it happen soon? When will our culture be changed? I hope soon and with less pain. But, anyway, but either way, I'm excited. The USA may need to go down. Our influence in the world may need to decrease. Evil may sweep the earth. If it does, then it will usher in the greatest revival in the history of the world and, and trigger the return of our Lord Jesus. 
So I really don't care which way it goes. My confidence is in him. And then finally, Father, help me to love. Help me to live. Help me to die well. Wow. That's my biblical worldview. And I want to say this. It's different than yours. And it should be different than yours. The principles in the Bible are the same. But we need to each have our own unique biblical worldview so that that will help empower us to find our Father and to set upon the adventures that He has for us. In the kingdom, in a great golf game, uh, when Tony hits that ball, man, he's consistent and he has great follow through. His swing is absolutely effortless. I, I am so, oh, I guess I am jealous of that golf swing. Uh, I better work on that. It's just, it's just effortless and, and it's amazing. It's balanced. It has consistency and follow through. In the kingdom of God, it's what our Father is looking for for us. Consistency and follow through. Consistency in our time and our intimacy with our Father and follow through to, to complete our missions and assignments. Psalm 100. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. 1 Chronicles 28, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. Serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Psalm 91, the one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will lodge in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. And I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now the psalmist is speaking of Jesus, but he's also speaking for you and I as his brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord. The Greek word for fellowship means this, a partnership with God in his kingdom, work, and mission. You see, fulfilling our calling is not something we have to do on our own. It's a partnering effort. It's a partnering effort with the Father to find, and through our intimacy and our time with him, he will show us those missions and assignments. Man, what a, what a way to live. 
to have intimacy as a son with the creator of the universe and to partner him with his assignments, his mission, to partner with him? My goodness, what a way to live. Living in the sweet spot. Hebrews 6, in the same way God, desiring even more to demonstrate to the heirs of the promise the fact that his purpose is unchangeable. It doesn't matter how much we've... Oh man, I'm an expert at messing up. I'm I'm an expert on plan B's and C's and D's and E's. All the different plans. But God's purpose never changes for my life, nor for yours. And it does not matter how young we are or how old we are. His purposes for our lives is without repentance. C.S. Lewis said this, Hardships prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destiny. See, we think, we think, oh my, oh my, man, this is too hard. No, it's not. No, it's not. As we, listen, as we pursue the Father and we find Him, and He promises throughout His Word that if we will diligently seek Him and pursue Him, that He promises us that He will be found. He promises that, that. And so it is out of that intimacy and out of that relationship with Him come the missions of life. 2 Timothy chapter 1, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Do not be ashamed of the written and spoken word. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling. Your calling that the Father has that he wants to partner with you is a holy thing. It's a divine thing. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, who was granted to us through Christ Jesus. So it's the balance. It's the balance of the sweet spot. It's the balance, the intimacy with our Father as sons and daughters and completing our mission and assignments. And it takes both of those things. They feed upon each other. They encourage each other. Both are required. We're not complete without both of them. What a glorious way to live. What a glorious way. With all prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit. For this, with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all the saints. Last week, Steve laid out the benefits of speaking in tongues. Man, 
We need to be speaking in tongues in this day and age like never before. To build up ourselves. To help us find that intimate place with our Father. We're not to fear. Isaiah 41, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And thanks to Jesus, his righteousness is our righteousness. When the Bible tells us to fear not, what it means is not to experience dread. Oh my. Not to experience dread. When we're experiencing dread, we're, we're, you know, we're thinking about what may happen. We don't need to worry about what may happen. We need to be about developing our relationship with the Father and finding our mission and purpose in our lives. Then we won't be thinking about what might happen or may happen or what this person is going to do or that's going to happen or this or that. Not to be anxious. In the face of the cultural and political pressure, where biblical truth is portrayed as evil, we must love and be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous in Deuteronomy. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave or forsake you. In Joshua... He said, have I not commanded you to be strong and be courageous? See, we have to be courageous if we're going to pursue Father and find Him. We have to be courageous if we're going to step out to the kingdom missions that He has for us and the destiny that He has for us. Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Psalm 62, yes, my soul will find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend upon God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. These times, oh my, the cultural and political pressures are intense. But the more they intensify, the more I get excited because my trust is in Him because He loves me as a son. So these are the times. These are the times that we must be busy about pursuing our Father like never before to establish love and truth in our lives through His written and spoken Word. It is a time that we need to partner with the Father in His kingdom assignments and callings that are specific for each one of us and not comparing ourselves to others. 
It's a time to be bold and courageous, to love all people, to release the Father's love with power, and to stand firm for biblical truth. It's time for us to seek and find and live in the sweet spot. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If we can go ahead and get the altar ministry teams up here. Holy Spirit. Let's just stand to our feet.